Hey everybody, this is Michael. A couple quick announcements before we jump into the show today. First, I'm going on tour. Gunger's going on tour, actually. And we will be in Seattle on April 11th, April 12th in Tacoma, Portland on the 13th, Petaluma on the 15th, the El Rey Theater in Los Angeles on the 16th. We're going to be in Phoenix on April 20th, Denver on the 23rd. And then um, some more happening after that as well. Maybe by the time you listen to this, we'll be posted as well. So check out the website. Uh, you can go to gungermusic.com. I'd so love to meet you and hang and sing some songs, have some conversation. It should be a great time. Also, we have relaunched the Patreon page to include all the things that I'm making, not just the liturgist stuff, Gunger stuff, loving this. All sorts of little bonus goodies. We have weekly meetings on Zoom. Check it out. Patreon.com slash Michael Gunger if you appreciate this work or any of the work I'm involved in. This is a way that you can help support not just this, but all the things I'm involved in and uh, help me keep making it. So appreciate all of you. Hope you enjoy today's show. Hello, friends. Michael Gunger here. So... Lisa and I did an interview with our friend Audrey Assad a couple weeks ago in anticipation of the release of our new record that came out on 11.11. It's called Love Song to Life. I hope you've, hope you've been able to listen to it. Um, and I would like to explore some of, some of it musically more and, and even thematically on the podcast, but I haven't been able to make it yet. All my energies have been going into uh, getting the music out into the world. And it finally is out. And uh, I'm tired. <laughs> so I haven't been able to make any podcasts lately. But thought I would share this podcast that Audrey made. Audrey, as some of you may remember, was part of the group that made the last season of the Liturgist Podcast, the non-dual Christian season. Uh, she's an amazing artist and uh, thinker and beautiful person. So I hope you enjoy this interview that she did for us and uh, check out her stuff at AudreyAssad.com. This is Audrey Assad. Today I'm chatting with Michael and Lisa Gunger of the band Gunger about their new album, which comes out on November 11th. That's right, that's 1111 for all you number people. We discuss everything from non duality to some rather um, unconventional percussion instruments that were used in the creation of this astounding music. The songs are scattered throughout this interview so that you can get a taste of what they are about to unleash on the unsuspecting world. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Gunger. How would I want to conduct this? Because I'm not a, I'm not a professional interviewer. I'm not Terry Gross. I'm not um, 
known for doing this, but I felt so compelled to say, hey, like, can we have a conversation when you tweeted out, Michael, that you were looking for, you know, opportunities to talk about the record. Looking for attention. I'm just looking for attention. Yeah, you're looking for an approval. Yeah. Want people to applaud you. And And it made me really happy to offer some. I was like, I could give that. Um, well, yeah, so I was thinking about like, how, how do I want to do this? You know, how do I, how does one interview the hologram known as Gunger exactly? Um, <laughs> and so I decided that, um, I would start by reading your Wikipedia intro to you. Interesting oh, okay. choice. Interesting choice. Because, because I thought to myself, like, I'm just diving right in here. If if Gunger is a is a story that our egos are making up in some way, you know, mm-hmm. mixed with the essence of both of you as beings, um, I thought it'd be cool to look at like crowdsourced linear information <laughs> yeah, yeah. on the fractal of God that is your band. Uh-huh. Yes. So and what, yeah. wonderful. What does it look like so through that fractal? Fractal. Yeah, we can start there, and it gave it led it gave rise to several questions actually for me. So. Um, I wanted to start with this. So for anyone listening who is not familiar with Gunger, you're about to find out what the internet believes about it. Interesting. And <clears throat> so Gunger is a musical collective formed by husband and wife duo Michael Gunger and Lisa Gunger. The group's music has been compared to the music of Sufjan Stevens, Bon Iver, and Arcade Fire, not too shabby. Oh, my God. Um, oh, my God. I know. Oh my god. The band has released the band has released seven studio albums, the last one appearing in March of 2019. These albums explored a broad musical soundscape and charted the couple's changing beliefs from traditional Christianity through a more panentheistic worldview. Not pantheistic. Interesting. Panentheistic. I had to Google it. Um, other religions and apophatic theology, which we'll get to because I have some things to ask and say about that in early 2018 they announced a shift in direction that would see gunger return to the progressive spiritual space whilst the lex the less mainstream material we got a we got a t we got an st in that while just gonna say that i was like wait wilt yeah that was a brit i i actually added that it says while you i added while oh okay i was excited that was in there yeah, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Maybe no, I'll get log in into Wikipedia and change it yeah, for you because it's just yeah. it's better. More accurate. It's better. While whilst, whilst the less mainstream material will move to other projects, including my Michael, Michael, sorry, Michael and Michael. Lisa's solo projects. So that was the intro to your Wikipedia page, and then there was um, other sections like of your history. And... Yeah, your news. Oh, crazy. Your history. Someone wrote that. Yeah, someone wrote that. Like they cared. And then yeah, I have yeah. never done that. I care a lot mm-hmm. about people, and I've mm-hmm. I've never done that, and I don't think I ever will. I think that well, I know for a fact that there are people who just care about Wikipedia existing, mm-hmm. and so they do. Um, there, I I met with someone once who specializes in updating musicians' pages. You can't pay him to do that because it's illegal. But if he's interested in working on your page, he'll contact you and ask you questions, and then he'll fact check everything and oh. go look through news articles. Illegal based and... on Wikipedia's laws, I assume, not not the law. Yeah, it's just it's not supposed to be able to be influenced by the person who's being written gotcha. about. Right, right. Interesting. So it's supposed to be wiki, wiki is sort of 
right? Like modern internet slang for crowdsourced. So yeah. it's crowdsourced biographical material. Huh. You can be part of it. You just can't be the one updating it. And if you pay him to do it, then you might as well be doing it yourself. Right. Okay. Uh. Makes sense. So anyway, your Wikipedia page led me to Google panentheism because I've heard of pantheism, mm -hmm. which is basically all all gods, all beings are gods and all beings are God and God is all beings. Whereas panentheism is apparently a teaching that the universe lives within God, but that God is nevertheless somehow transcendent um, and separate from it in some way. Yep. Yep. So I had to Google that as well because someone asked me, they were like, oh, so you're a panentheist. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, like, he asked this? me, he was like, panentheist or panentheism? And I was like, oh, I don't even know. So right. It's interesting. So I found out that you were apparently panentheists today on Wikipedia, but I was curious, A, is that true? And B, I thought that it would be fun for everyone if we also talk about apophatic theology <laughs> but not for too long i just i remember i wonder if that statement's ever been made i think it would be fun for everyone if we talked about apophatic I, theology I it's the so. it's the first time and there's another one that apophatic. i want to share with you mm. another sentence that i know has never been uttered and here it I'm is excited. okay it's not the one you texted so me i have no <laughs> no because i've uttered that one before <laughs> but um I have an award to present you. Do you want to know what it is? I do. Oh my God. It's the best use of the phrase apophatic mystic in a panentheistic slash maybe pantheistic musical context. It's not a serious award ceremony. They use, no, no, no. This they use like Casios and stuff because it's not, they don't have it's a big one budget. Off. And no. uh, here it's right here. This is it. I'm going to mail thank it you. to you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Uh, um, anyway. I would like to thank the Academy <laughs> and my Lord and Savior, like uh, your <laughs> Jesus Christ. What if Jesus just came down and was like, you're welcome. Who is not, not, my, who is not, not the Savior of the world. Oh my God. Exactly. He's not, not. This is the second conversation we've had about this though today, because we did a live, really a live uh, Instagram deal and someone asked about what is app? I love it. I love it. It's one of my favorite ways to think. And I happened to know the term when you did use it in a song, but mm. I was like, I, my head did a double take because I heard it come over the speakers. I was like, I just heard erudite and now I'm hearing apophatic <laughs> mystic in this like beautiful meditative <laughs> melody and um, fell in love with that album, which was called I Am Mountain. If anyone here has not oh, heard Thank that, you. please go look at it. They're very like to it. pop lyrics. Um, yeah, so I wanted to read that and then that will lead me into my questions for you. Yes, so, yes, yes. Now, this is hilarious, but I don't have my prescription glasses. I only have my prescription sunglasses. So I am going yes. to you read this. Okay. Yes. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> oh, no. uh, uh, awesome. Looking. Yeah, right. You have your other glasses. <laughs> you just wanted to wear them. No. Just looking like, rock and roll. Okay. So, oh my god so emo all right <clears throat> so this is from a song called long way off which was released in 2013 if i'm not mistaken is that right oh, we're sunglasses now sunglasses <laughs> we look like need, beatniks or something you just need sun in your face because these yeah. are transition lenses <laughs> don't tell <laughs> bright ring light. just get a very bright ring light you know all right go ahead sorry keep it okay so so the long way off was released in 2013 Right? Correct. 
Okay, so th this is the lyric to which I have made very tiny edits for sake of brevity, but it's basically exactly this. So the smartest men, they built a rocket, aimed it at a target far, far away. But by the time they knew they lost it, it was a long way. We're a long way off. The smartest men, they saw a world with corners and endings far, far away. But when they drew it out and searched it, they were a long way. We are a long way off. The erudite composed a thesis. Everything we see is all there is. But as an apophatic mystic, we are a long way off. When the waves of time wash the shores stark clean of the memories, the last of me, with my castles gone to the constant sea, will you stay with me? Mm -hmm. That's nice. Oh, it's really nice. special Thank you. Thank and i you. hope that felt good to hear because i think hearing your lyrics read back to you years and years later can be it is really fun actually nice. yeah even like as we've been on instagram listening through the albums it's like it's wild how some of the things that i didn't really know i believed or thought were like fully were like making their way in the lyrics and in the songs yeah you get to see your evolution in flow and in process versus your take on it from a like linear thought perspective thinking mm -hmm. back it's cool to hear where you were at that moment yeah and having known you both quite, quite a long time now um i think it's really special to kind of know a little bit about your journeys and your experiences as people and then hear your songs and get to synthesize my experience of you with both. It's very special. I'm, I'm so glad you guys do what you do. Audrey. Thank you, Audrey. Yeah. Love what you do too. Oh, thank you. Um, okay. So I listened to most of the new songs you sent me and fell in love um, with like the sort of what felt very kaleidoscopic and polyrhythmic um, in a lot of moments. It felt like a, a, a dance worship panentheistic slash pantheistic as well <laughs> sort of like both i hear that i hear both things in your music a lot mm. which is sort of this zoom out perspective of sort of all being one and then a zoom in mm. of we are here experiencing life with shadow and light yeah. and yes and no and good and bad and all of those things um and yeah so i just i would love to know what when was was there a moment when you began composing for this record and you knew it like you were like, we are, I am sitting down to start this album or was it a situation where the songs mm. were already flowering out of the ground and you picked them specifically for this project? I want to hear about that and where it all began for you when you knew like we're making this, this is the album we're making. How did that happen? Well, I'm kind of, I've got like lots of, songs always going in my computer and most of the time i would say i'm not going this is i'm going to sit down for this project um even if we're in the middle of a project i i usually don't i kind of like try to let it live before the the evaluator starts doing anything with it um just on its own as much as possible like right at the beginning just like what is this what do you want to be it's almost like just the birth of this new little life and sometimes it's like, well, this isn't for this record, but maybe it'll end up being on something else. Um, so I I don't, yeah, it's very rare. There's been a couple sessions that I can think of in the past on other records. I don't think it was any on this record where it was like, 
all right, we got to write a song for this record. Let's sit down and write a song for this record. Um, that's just not usually how it's usually very like organic and, Oh, here's a little idea that just came to me right now. I'm going to go throw it down in the studio and we'll see what happens. Do you, this is random, but it's occurring to me to ask you both. Are you particularly structured people around creative practice at all? Or is it a, is it a go with the flow moment, moment to moment thing that you both engage in, or is it different for both of you? It's more so been just moment to moment. And for me, just creation hits, but I did, I did recently do like a two week jaunt where I was like, I'm going to come up with like an idea every day and, and post it because it's just not my normal thing. And it was, it was hard. It's like, I would sit down at the piano and then be like, there's nothing, I nothing I want to say. This is, this is of, uh, did that bring up any insecurities or frustrations? Yeah. 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 It, well, even just posting about it really I was doing it because I felt insecure about posting things that were like in process or you know, like that weren't, um, yeah, well hashed out or well written. And it was just like, this is, this is just what it is. So uh, after posting, I would feel a lot of insecurity come up that was like, oh, that wasn't good enough, or I should have done this, or just my face being on a video um, felt mm -hmm. weird. But I really, I really enjoyed the practice of having a structure instead of just waiting for inspiration to hit. Um, it was mm. nice to be like, all right, this is what I'm doing and whatever, just practicing, not being perfectionistic about, about it. That mm. felt really nice. Yeah. And for me, I, I, I'm pretty structured actually more than you might think. I, Cause I go to, I just work every day during office hours. So, yeah. um, if I have other more urgent things on my to-do list, other than making music, which is a lot, especially these days, uh, post recording it now it's like getting it released mm -hmm. now most of my days not creating it music but um otherwise i just go into the studio and i just work the whole work day um mm. how conventional it is i'm like i'm a I actually do that man, too do yeah yeah, yeah I mean, pretty much you know um more like 11 to 4 if i'm honest yeah. but <laughs> something like that um yeah, so I I noticed that in this the scope of this album there are several places where you take uh religious phrases or names and turn them into syllabic chants that mm -hmm. are like the name but not exactly or the word but not exactly. And so for example, you do that with the word alleluia in one song. Mm -hmm. Which might be my favorite one. All really? the way. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, that's pretty effervescent and catchy as fuck and very spiritual, which I just really love. Mm. Um, but and then also with Yahweh, mm -hmm. the name, the Hebrew name of God that was, I believe, said, you know, not to be uttered yeah. without a certain like ceremonial reverence for the uttering of the name. And uh, I remember you tweeting a while back, Michael, about whether or not a song, like months and months ago, yeah. about this, about whether or not a song should say the name mm -hmm. in some people's minds, or should we, should it be syllabic and an imitation, interpolation of the name, mm -hmm. let's say. Um, and so, yeah, I want to hear more about that process. Were you already in process of writing that song and making that decision and what to do? It was already recorded as Yahweh. Yeah. Well, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. really? Yeah, because it started off like, I mean, in some of these, like the the Yahweh and Hallelujah was kind of interesting how they were both 
came from a similar place that was like, oh, everything just mm. is that. Every, everything mm -hmm. that is happening is this hallelujah or Yahweh. Um, so yeah, the whole thing was recorded. And then you had read somewhere that it was a um, to speak. So in trying to create something that was inclusive for everyone, mm. do we have to change yeah, that? It was a really, it was a tough choice for me because mm. um, I'm, you know, if, if you follow, you do follow me on Twitter. So, you know, I'm not afraid of offending necessarily. You're a little iconoclastic, <laughs> iconoclastic vibes for sure. Um, yeah. um, I'm not, I, I'm happy to offend if I need to, but this, I'm like, one thing I find value. I, mean, I actually would eventually like to do a record that's only names of God from different traditions and stuff. I think that'd be fun. Um, and I think there's something interesting and powerful about just chanting a name of God. But because it, I was reading the perspective of some Jewish people who just, it really is, a, especially from Christ, from like a Christian heritage where it's like Christians took their name, their word. And yeah. so it, I was like, with the little like colonial piece, like mm -hmm. it just kind of pushed it over the edge to like, okay, I'll let, if, if the, there's are a lot of Jewish people saying, this is our word, stop saying it. Um, even though I don't, I think ultimately as a technology, the name Yahweh um, is potentially a powerful spiritual technology to use and to chant. Um, yeah. That was my mixture. So going with Yahweh right. was kind of a feel free to sing Yahweh if you'd like. Uh, yeah. I'm going to be respectful of our Jewish brothers and sisters or the public recording of it. But it's a yeah. the the truth of it to me, like what's powerful about even the name Yahweh, it, if it's tied to breath, which is kind of what that song is about, is like just let it remind you of your breath. Like actually, just feel your body right now. Let let the the mantra bring you into your breath and your breathing uh, more than a name that's representative of a being in your head. I love that. Well, I have to tell you, I think that the interpolation of the name is actually really powerful because it's, for me, as an ex, well, I, I, I don't know, to speak in very dualistic terms, as an ex-Christian or a post-Christian mm -hmm. or a whatever, you know, right today, 2022, um, I find names like that to be still a little tricky yeah. to sing mm -hmm. and like thing, things concepts I, I want to embrace, but maybe have a hard time because I still carry some charge. Right about them and I'm still working through whatever that is because ideally maybe in my own fantasy I just accept all truth with an open arm and an open heart like equally no matter where it comes from and that's what I aspire to but I'm still like on the journey so when I heard it um, I thought oh it feels really nice to like be almost like poetically metaphorically referencing this without actually uttering it it felt really good to me i really enjoyed that about it mm -hmm. um it's kind of striking and it does remind me of breath because of the way you're singing it yeah. really has that h sound hey yeah, so yeah, you yeah. Hear that. yeah and i think that that's really effective for whatever it's worth oh, cool. yeah Thank i really you. loved that about it yeah yeah and we at the beginning well throughout it i think even yeah we were like just doing that breath going yeah yeah 
Yeah. They're just making it sound like this very effortless, like this is just the flow of the river. Mm-hmm. This is just life happening. So making it, I, I like that as well. I like that it didn't not direct like Yahweh because it feels a little bit more like, a little bit more like glossolalia. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, it felt that way to me too. And and kind of same yeah. thing with Alalele. Like, mm-hmm. there's something about saying the yeah. full hallelujah that all of a sudden it feels like we're in church and it feels like an old word. But just right. playing with syllables, and that was kind of the, but syllables that are kind of pointing at maybe something. Yeah. Kind of um, I love that one. I felt such exuberance in it and kind of the spirit of the word yeah. of celebration and praise and sort of like a... I don't know. I've sung that word a million times yeah. and I would say that I don't know if it ever felt completely natural to be like, hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, no, right. that never felt natural. Christ is risen. I'm like, it doesn't mean anything to me in my cultural context, right. except for right. I know that this is what it means. I've been told this, but it's yeah. not a word we go around saying. I would yeah. try to. No. I would try to sometimes. You I know. Never it, and awkward. Yeah, me too. You know, and I was like, I, I like the idea of interpolation. It made me think about that concept here. It's not, um, yeah, to, to, to interpolate a concept like that or a name like that and into a, into something that, um, is just enough away, far enough away from the original name or word that it doesn't retain the charge the same way, but it, enters into the spirit of that word and i then, really yeah, nods love to, that device. nods to the spirit and the meaning of it Invi- invites mm-hmm. into the spirit i love that yeah. Allah, no. and i like that allah's in it too yeah side yeah. story for you Audrey just to just show like you and people like how far Michael has come and when we met I would say hallelujah like as a joke I would be like nice to meet you hallelujah or something like that like, uh, like offended I was a bit offended he was offended that I would joke about the word hallelujah yeah dang that is interesting because that's about as far from iconoclastic as you can get it's not even like a name of God. It's just like a a word, like a word for yay. Yeah. You're like, don't say yay in that language. That's sacrilegious. Oh my god. I was a little like, more uptight. No. A little more uptight back then. Way more. Oh my god. But he's like, um, yeah. He's like, what do you think about did you, kissing and making out? Like, did you stop weird? saying it? Did you say? No. Did you stop saying it? No. I was like, well, okay. that's weird. Good for you. What an yeah. uptight guy. <laughs> <laughs> like whispering hallelujah to people. Oh, I just thought it was so funny. That is I funny. I thought it was so funny, but people were just like hallelujah. I was like, oh. wow, they just like it so boldly and proudly. Yeah, like, and I wasn't like trying to like I don't know. Yeah, you have them. Oh well, yeah, I'm so sorry for. I'm, oh, keep yeah. forgetting. <laughs> keep forgetting. I have to hold this one. I was just thinking that I was like, kidding me. You're a, you're okay. a singer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what you do for a job. Oh my God, we make we make He's fun just... of people who just... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're just being your own compressor. That's oh all. You're God. Just... <clears throat> Sorry, everyone. Ooh, oh, it's all good. Uh, when did you meet each other? What year was that? That's none of your business. 
1998. Spill the tea. <laughs> Spill the tea. <laughs> 1998, a good year. A good that, year. Was it really? 98? 1998. Wow. How old? Okay, I was... 15 in 1998 so how old were you guys 18 okay so you met at 18 years old mm -hmm. legally free to marry and, and, and took advantage of that the law next year on the market yes on the market and you okay i want to see i want to see the scene of you meeting i, I want you to okay. describe this to me so i was at oh no, go ahead not ready I was, I'm at a I, I was going to act it out, and then I realized it wouldn't oh, right. do good on the podcast. <laughs> so you should describe it well, with words. I'll be, it'll be on YouTube, but that's Video probably too. Okay, so I'm at, I'm at a payphone. Okay, so I'm here at the payphone. I'm here. You, you walk behind me. I'm here. I'm hanging up the payphone, talking to my mom, and I'm leaving for music rehearsal for church. Okay. I turn around. He and his best friend, Dan Eller, who I had met a year previous, I was doing this on a mission trip. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my gosh! And I remember that. Yeah, them shaking it. Yeah, he was like, "Oh, he's doing stank face dancing right now." For anyone who can't see this, <laughs> and okay. his friend introduced us, and I thought his friend was kind of weird, so I was not interested in meeting them very much. But uh, <laughs> he he really locked eyes with me. I did. Wow! I invited her okay. to go. Uh, Eat pancakes at my mom's house. That was later. That was a different day. Oh, it was the same day. La it was the same day. Same day. Oh, it was just. It was later just like, day. you you left, and then oh, I was like, right. oh, I should have like asked her to do something, and then I saw you in the parking lot again. I was like, oh, you want to go to my mom's house and eat pancakes? I was pancakes. Like, no, I was she like, said, no. no. As she should have. That, well, that was a bad. That was a bad invite. <laughs> it's not a sexy invite. I mean, it was. It was. It would have been fine, but at that point in my life, I was. I was pretty over the guys at the university we were at, it was Oral Roberts University, and I'd had some very strange interactions. I bet. So I was like, <laughs> I was done. I was like, no thanks. That's a podcast for another day, but I'd love to have that discussion. Um, however, I did say to myself, Audrey, don't make this whole conversation about religion because boring. It's but not also, really. That. Come on, I mean, let's do it. Know, let's go for what's interesting to you. What's alive? What's alive in you, Audrey? Oh, and me. Yeah. What's hmm. what's the curiosities? We can go there. Where to begin? Um, you're not supposed to be interviewing me. Okay, right. <laughs> I I will save that answer for a text. Okay. After this right, conversation, great, great. but thank you for asking. Um, I yeah. Let me pull my notes back up. I'm editing that out. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I want to talk about non-duality, mm -hmm. okay, which is akin to a religious concept, but one of the reasons I want to talk about it is because I want to know what kind of role this type of thinking plays mm -hmm. in your creation process and in your work, mm -hmm. and um, to introduce that topic, I, wanted, I wrote down something that happened on Twitter the other day, don't worry, it's lovely, um, I, you tweeted this the other day. Have any of you fully seen through the illusion of a separate quote self unquote yet maintained or adopted religious language and creeds that make an important ontological distinction between creator and creation? And if so, why? Casual. Um, there was a lot of response <laughs> to this. And, <laughs> I mean, Casual. You're speaking my language. Uh, yeah. I'm like, that's exactly what I'm thinking about on Tuesday night. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, absolutely. I mean, I think about that all the time. And what <laughs> am I doing that in like my new agey, you uh-huh. know, right. Eastern fog that I've mm-hmm. sort of been in for a few years. Um, I'm, I, I'm finding myself asking myself, hmm, would some structure and like some order and some linearness help me? like feel better and thrive in life and maybe not be so uh, lost in the existential fog of wondering that I seem to find myself in so much. So I love this question. And um, someone who I've never met named, you'll probably remember this, Britton Vanderbrush, Mm -hmm. because who would forget that amazing name? Yeah, he's a good friend now. Yeah, Britton wrote, I've been beyond and I come back saying, quote, all that is, is the eternal I am, knowing it to not be separate from me. But then there is a sweetness to devotion that keeps me wanting to love duality. I'd rather look at you and hold your hand than just sit here knowing we are one. Mm. And I have to say that stopped me in my tracks, you know, that type. I, I It's something I've it's it's a an idea that i've heard stated you know that sort of the chiaroscura the black and white the shadow and the light are what make us have an experience Mm -hmm. that yeah what there is no experience without a sense Mm -hmm. of something Mm -hmm. and so that takes duality to have and so that's the big bang enacts this into you know in that myth the big bang enacts everything into separateness Mm -hmm. and now it is all coming back together and organizing well yeah, how do you think about that now, both of you as people? Like in your own life, what role does non-duality and the th- idea of all being one play in your sanity, in your scheduling, in your um, discussions, your relationships, and your creativity? It, do you find yourself? Yeah, I don't know. I'm curious about that. Like, if everything is mystical, then it can't really be shared like you have to post on instagram and you have to like know your zip code and your credit card number you know what i mean um but yeah how how well how mystical are you as people at this point you know and how much does that play into what you're creating it sounds like your record is really offering people of facilitating an experience of this non-dual uh i don't know if it's non-dual you know you hear what i'm trying Mm -hmm. to go Tell me about your thoughts on this duality and non-duality and what are we playing at here in life? Mm. <laughs> Universal. Okay. Um, <clears throat> this is a great question. And <laughs> I, I feel like I go existential all the time. Like sometimes it just kind of like drives me a little bit bananas. Um, constantly throughout my day, just be like, oh, what's happening here and why? And, it's, it feels like a constant unraveling in that loop that you can go into just opening your hands and surrendering. And, but I found like in the, I don't know what to call it, like non-dual space thinking realization, um, it can feel a little, for me, it, it can feel both like just so blissful sometimes. So like, I'm just, I've opened enough or let go and you feel that bliss. And then sometimes it feels a little floaty and disconnected, a little, um, little out of body. So like my practice recently has been 
how can I feel that groundedness in that in the the sense of separation, but have like the heart space open for all things mm. to know that there is no um, separation of all of it. But like sometimes it's just not helpful. <laughs> it's just not. It's, it hasn't been helpful for me sometimes. And I think part of my thing has been being honest with where it is and isn't helpful. And when it's not helpful, what kind of story am I getting into that says it's not helpful? Um, uh, but there's like specifically like things about suffering times I'm experiencing pain and loss and, and sadness. And I can get stuck in my, in thought going like, well, that is that all wanted? What's happening is the great, like the, I am, that is everything is that it just, it, I come every, every time to just, well, it just is like, I can really get caught in trying to know what right. is happening. Even in writing songs, I, for a little while there, I could tell that I was just like, I just want to speak the truth. What is truth? And then thinking that that is just one thing and that like, Britain said, I think that's so beautiful. It's like, yes, I, sometimes the, the best truth I could tell is in a story about my life or a relationship that's happening or right. Holding someone's hand. Um, and not in the, not in the zoomed out space, but I feel like those, um, it kind of feels like those lines for me are blurring a little bit more between like, when am I in like the, the headspace and the whatever other yeah. headspace is Yeah, because I, it feels like there's this allowance that's just happening more and more for me. That's allowing that dance to happen in every moment. The dance of, you know, this is a separate thing that I call Michael. And this is how we talk about the calendar and kids and school stuff. And, and if that's the zone we're in, that's what the zone we're in. And I don't have to get caught up thinking like, well, that's not the, he's not a Michael. Yeah. He's not, a, you know, like that there's yeah, some yeah, kind yeah. of like right way to talk about all of it or experience it. <laughs> so like thinking yeah. that I think coming from well, just life in general, but also from religion, I could, and I've heard you talk about this too, is like getting really caught up in the right and the wrong and just wanting yeah. so desperately to do it the right way. So like those that's unraveling a little bit more for me more recently beautiful yeah i think we want to uh, assign those concepts of right and wrong and uh to religion but it i think that war that entity exists in all of us you know without without the church i think that we made we built the church from right. from our inner enmity you know that we have the the warring of these whatever they are. Yeah. That's well, good to make peace, I think, but it's hard, hard work. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Michael? Well, tying it back to your question about apophaticism, apophatic mystic, um, as well, I think I can maybe tie those two things together because that first happened for me as an idea. Apophaticism was at first an idea, uh, maybe even sort of a belief um that that was like the way to do it or something and uh 
and apophaticism being a negation of right. of meaning more than a um positive, you know, like the uh, what's the other apophatic cat- cataphatic cataphatic is yeah. is the more like God is X, and apophaticism says God is God is X. God is not X. God is not not X. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of like in that negation yeah. of the meaning that we're creating with our minds and the the constrictions of language, um, by by acknowledging that in using language we're inherently constricting in infinity. Um, right. That's a path to what I would describe now as non-duality. Non-duality is not a belief system. Non-duality is not um, a set of assertions. It's not even a technology. Uh, it's or like a a religion. Or it's it's more of a description. The people who who speak from a non-dual place. Um, it's a description of an experience of awareness. Um, that is, it's not undifferentiated, but it is not separate from anything. There's, there's, uh, but even the non, I love that it's described as non-dual and not as oneness. Like it's not oneness and it's not, not oneness. It's, it's an experience of just, uh, almost like pre before our brain starts breaking everything up into its boxes um, and starts identifying that first thought I am uh, and I am just this part of reality and not that part. I'm just this body, not that body. Just the, the, the part of the breath where it enters the mouth, not, not the part of the breath before it enters the mouth and the nose. Um, and so the non-duality is a description of our deepest essence experiencing itself. Um, and I think it's actually more, more accurate. I think anytime you're using words, it's not accurate, but it's more accurate to describe it as spirit seeing itself or reality seeing itself more than Michael seeing that everything's one. Michael is the constriction within reality, but in this body and in this mind, spirit or awareness or reality or whatever, the Tao, however you want to describe it, God, goddess has seen itself. As so, that's an ever deepening, and so far since I had little experiences of that as a kid, 2010, I had a big experience with it, 2016, a deeper experience of it, 2017. There's been like chapter markers where it felt like it's kind of like sank in even deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, but that has been the progress where spirit recognizes itself more and more clearly in everything in this body. Um, and so to say like, am I mystical? Um, if we're talking about what is the non-dual, I am all. I am the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega. It's the whole, the whole I am song, the, the right. million eyes song. And yeah, does that bring that up after this? Yeah. Does that see itself in this body? Yes, absolutely. Very clearly. Does that, does that change the experience of this lived organism? A billion percent. It, it, the life, now compared to before that awareness happened, not even comparable. It's it's absolutely a different. It's it's like moving a dimension from flatland. And so when I hear words like in the Wikipedia page of like panentheistic or pantheism, it's 
there's no ism that describes it. No, I wouldn't identify with any ism because that would be identifying as a Michael who has beliefs that thinks those, that mistakes those beliefs for being reality. No, any beliefs that this organism has is a, is a coping mechanism to, to survive from my ego. Yeah. So, um, it is, it is for the music and this record in particular, my joy and my play with it was to play with the eye, to play with like, who's singing this and who's it being sung to? And I like it being a little fuzzy. Like, I forgive you. Would you forgive me? Who's singing? Yeah. I still love you. Who, who's singing to who? And actually at the right. beginning of the record, I don't know if you heard that in the intro track, it's like, I love the intro track. Play with this. I'll probably I'll probably play it in the podcast for the opening because I think it's a great it's a great opener. Thank you. And say what did it say? It says um there's a variety of voices saying the same lines. Right? Yeah. Are you And that to me is representative. Voices. It's almost like and this is actually like Christian theology, the Trinity theology of the 3 and 1 because mm -hmm. the oneness is not a sameness. It's not a flatness. It's not a, there is an I and a thou and a between those things within the oneness. Mm -hmm. So there is this experience of relationality. There is this experience of me looking at your eyes and holding your hands and longing and love. It's all within it. It's, and it always right. has been, it always will be. Um, so playing with the relationality, the dynamism, the livingness within the, oneness um that seemed to be paradoxical that play i think it's like the joy of life that is the, that's what allows music to happen that's what allows yeah uh, love to happen and so um i like playing with that and it's been fun to i think the true uh, mission of the music is actually it is a love song from spirit to spirit that's really truly what it is it's like spirit seeing itself in a dual in a dualistic experience and then inviting itself towards itself in that space that like what is it what is that what the question invites an experience of surrender and that to me is as the what the technology of the record is for is to lead us into surrender to the moment of life start to recognize I am one with these things that I long for I'm already one with them and so if I know that and if I live that and I live from that more what will I feel like what will it be like um and I I really hear what you're saying in your new songs like yeah I want to hear more about like what your hope is for people who encounter this work um and it releases Friday, right? Mm -hmm. The eleventh, eleven, eleven. So this may be out slightly after it comes out. If, but but I'm not sure. It might come out on Friday if I can if I can swing it. I'm going to try to. But the um, yeah. What are you hoping? Do you have hopes for how people will hear this? Like as Michael and Lisa, the the beings with needs and like 
bills to pay and all that. I'm sure that you're hoping that people are going to like this music and share it and stream it and all of that. But like, as far as what you're imagining for them in your heart, when they hear this, what are you hoping that they might feel or might hear in this work of yours? Yeah. Can I say anything? Part also of what really not even having an understanding for me of like, where is this being sung and who's it being sung to? Mm-hmm. A part of the joy of that for me is allowing people to really insert their stories, however, and it would actually be fully accurate. Like, mm-hmm. I forgive you between two lovers is every bit as accurate mm-hmm. for the meaning of the song as spirit singing to people or people singing to spirit. Like, it's not, it's made intentionally to like insert your moment. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. th- and let it be because that that like longing to be forgiven and to forgive that's it's the energy of like you can take that in a relationship or you can take that down to like protons and neutrons and electrons right yeah like right. where do you want to put that energy of like we're drawn to each other yet we're sometimes like resistant to each other <laughs> these aversions and these attachments and these attractions and um so Really, I don't have any specific, not like, I hope people hear this as non-dual, <laughs> whatever, but I do help. It, I do hope that it invites them into a more present surrender of their lives as, as it is. Um, like to really allow, to give people, a, we have so much, especially anything that remotely spiritually related. There's so much, you need to be better. You need to believe something or or not believe something or you need to be healed or you need to. And I would, this message to me is like, enjoy this, like this very moment. What if it's perfect? Like, could you just be, and even if you think it's imperfect, enjoy that, enjoy the ride of that. Um, Yeah. That's what I, that's what I hope. Yeah. I was, I was going to say something similar or say, yeah, say the same thing. I think with knowing what it feels like to, spend so much of your life like trying and striving for something or to be different or to let even just like the striving to let go of something (laughs) which kind of fails you know like collapses in on itself trying to let go doesn't really work um i the times that i have felt the most just love and presentness and wholeness that's that's what i hope people feel is there's no there's nothing to fix about their themselves there's and if if yeah they feel like there is something to do or something to fix that that will just uh my hope is that it will will be okay in that even in in that feeling um but having sensed in myself that that unraveling of striving and trying to be something or do something and sink like sinking into the fullness of love every cell in my body when my whole body can feel that that's what i hope vibrations that people there's a um i just i never read the alchemist for some reason i just read it recently um and this will be this might be strangely almost triggering 
um, for the not for the ex Christians and the post Christians, but um, it was asking about or or in the book he's like looking for his personal legend, right? He's talking to his heart to find personal legend and stuff. And I was just I asked my heart one day, why am I telling the story? <laughs> what's your personal legend? <laughs> and my heart made me laugh quite hard, actually, to win the world for Christ. <laughs> <laughs> but what that means to me now, because that's where I started. That's as a child. That was what I, that was. And that's in the book. You're like, you know it when you're a child, you know your personal legend, but then you go through a whole thing. And you kind of actually find out what it really means, whatever. Yeah. And to me, what that really means at this point um, is like, as I surrender, as every cell in my body surrenders to life, like to how it is, as, as it is, I mean, that is the Christ consciousness, that there is this um, oneness with source that, that, and it, that moves in to the body. Um, and even how we talked about Jesus coming into my heart, like that, I, I don't mind that image now yeah. of like this consciousness coming into my heart of this awareness of this unitive love this loving awareness and as it moves into my whole body every cell the world is set free to be exactly as it is within this experience that the whole world becomes christ christ before me christ behind me like the whole that whole where it's all just the awareness it's all just the love um and the world is actually set free the buddha said that like uh, in my liberation, all things have been liberated. Because in the, in his experience, everything gets to be exactly as it is. Yeah, that's wise, I think. <laughs> what do I know? What do I know? <laughs> that was the best response possible. That's wise, I think. That's wise. Well, I think. you know, that's, I know. <laughs> this is what I... I know. I, I Welcome think, to my life now. I don't know what I think about anything. I, but, but that like, sounds wise know. to me. I know. I'm with you. Maybe it. Maybe yeah. it is. We may never know. But I. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I. I want to know. This is a question that I always love hearing asked of creators, musicians. I would love for each of you to describe one moment. Um, from the writing or recording of this album that felt like oneness to you. Like you felt that feeling you're speaking of where you're in flow with creation. You're, you're not sensing any separateness, you know, mm -hmm. we would, we would get there, right. All of us who were involved with uh, maybe some of the more, mantra like church worship traditions where things were sung over and over and over and over until we all caught the wave you know of the collective effervescence of that experience but sometimes that happens in writing a song alone do you feel that feeling of connectedness to the source the all the words fall short right and don't accurately describe but yeah, what what are moments that you can recall, if any, you know, in the creation of this music that made you feel alive and connected on that level? Well, I think that we mentioned that just a little bit ago, but like for me, the million eyes, like when that idea first started, that was a real moment for me. 
it is just the breath. Like it was such a, um, all the song happening, all the just happening in this beautiful symph symphonic breath. Like for me, that was such a, I, I think I, um, alone. And then I remember telling you, I was like, oh my God. I mean, of course, Michael's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, this is what it, this is what it is, you know, to, to construct and put language to it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. But it just felt like this. It was really nice to be able to go to someone and share in this mm. like understanding of what I was experiencing. Like I tear up now. It was just like, oh, oh, thank, thank God. This is what it is. Every, and everyone's in it. Everyone. And thinking of my kids and my family and they all, I just remember being, you know, when, when, what I would call myself, I wouldn't call myself a particular thing right now, but like when I was a Christian, you know, just feeling so sad that some people didn't know and, and just feeling like even as an Enneagram too, just really wanting everyone to be okay. So what a beautiful feeling just to know everything and everyone they all know the knowing is within all of, all of it. And then, so that was such a moment for me. And then the other one that it just like popped into my head because I just love, I think in this like transition of awareness, whatever you want to call it for me has been, I feel like it's opened me up way more to like this sillier side of me. <laughs> just, I've, I think you, this is true maybe just like being as silly as possible and so there was this moment where we were <laughs> trying to make like a clap track for one of the songs <laughs> and we all pulled down our pants and we were slapping our asses <laughs> <laughs> we were all like yeah did that make it oh my yes. god what song is that on <laughs> yeah, some of those claps are asses. They're asses. They do. <laughs> Wait, which song? I don't. Is I, don't I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> it might be. You heard it here, <laughs> folks. The, I forgot the, about that. Man, I don't think so. No, damn. It, we were all like, having that. the best time. <laughs> so, like sometimes, sometimes it's yeah, crying in the sense of like, yeah, ah, and then other times it's, you're just slapping your fucking ass and being. Chilly with your friends, yeah, and it was so fun. Let's clap Love those it. cheeks. Yeah, well, especially these thickums, you got a little extra, extra <laughs> base. Get a little extra base in that clap. <laughs> He's toting around a couple hand hocks, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, yeah, I wasn't expecting to say that today. Um, other sentence. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. Pretty original. I mean, yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, Michael, yeah, tell me some of your um, <laughs> ass clap, spiritual ass claps from this record. <laughs> um, well, I mean, as far as like the connectedness piece, this. That is my pretty much go-to natural state at this point. But I guess there are there are moments that it feels 
clearer than others. Um, I haven't been lost in the Michael story since 2016, where I'm like, where I can't, there's a vortex of suffering that I can't like notice and and enjoy on some level. Um, but <laughs> laughing, go for it. Give your. Give... <laughs> I just. Uh, what do you want me to tell you? That's the truth. Just so... love your language. It's just amazing. Great um, story. I love this. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, but I, they're actually very, on this one and the Wayru record, which is a solo embodiment dance project, mm-hmm. um, I just stop recording at this point. If I if there are like thoughts going in my head while I'm performing the music, um, I just stop and delete it. Um, wow. So I just like, unless I'm in my heart, in my body, delete it. Um, so all wow. of it is in flow. Oh. Oh, I'd love to hear more about how you get there because uh, not to interject too much, but as, as a singer myself, I find that the vocal booth to record the final vocals for the mm-hmm. song, you know, is my most dreaded place. It's like I because I start it's so easy to get in my head about how it's sounding and right. think too hard about right. it. And then oftentimes you're enclosed in a very strange space uh-huh. in a very foreign environment your music, my music is not created in those types of spaces. And so mm-hmm. to record it in those types of spaces is always interesting for me if I do it that way. And um, yeah, how, how do you, how do you get into your heart when you're working with, you know, knobs and dials and computers and microphones yeah. and technology and whatever? How, how do you do that? What's your method um, for heart opening? I, well, I literally you know? just focus on my heart. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, like if I, I literally just like feel my heart beating. Mm. and while i'm feeling my heart beating i allow my body to sink my body knows what to do um but it is it's it, sometimes sometimes it would take a while like to especially when i'm trying to remember the words and stuff like at the yeah, beginning that right. it can take a minute before it's like really let it into my Not body there. um but yeah even sometimes it'll be like oh, maybe i'll just sing this verse for a minute yeah yeah just, and just kind like of let this in and then lit. be in my heart while i'm Singing uh, for me, being alone sometimes is easier. Singing, yeah, same, yeah, um, much easier. Yeah, to just because yeah. to- if there's somebody in the room, it mm-hmm. I think more thoughts are like, is this sounding okay? Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, so much. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the other day I was the other day I was recording a vocal and I found myself thinking things like, "Am I sucking my gut in too much? Like my <laughs> diaphragm might not be." I think my diaphragm is like feeling crooked. Is that possible? I don't. Why does it feel like that? I can't feel it. I was like sort of having this weird. I'm like, what is happening? I, I'm like, uh, I forgot. I forgot how to like, how how wide do I open my mouth? Should I open my throat? Can you open your throat? I don't know. It's so much pressure. And then so for me, for me, it's like I have to. Breath is always the thing, right? For me, I, I'm just like. Yeah. Just feel your breathing. Yeah, and 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 then I also find that for me allowing my hands to move. Oh yeah. Because I used to like hold mm-hmm. as still as possible to avoid making any sound. And now I just feel like if I don't let my hands move, yeah. I can't get to the yeah. yeah. My body does not want to stand still while I'm doing that. Right. I feel that same thing. And I used to make fun of that for people. I'm like, I know. Hey, same. Yeah. I'm sorry you're to admit it, but like- yeah, I have to let my hands flow. It's like, 
<laughs> I don't middle give fingers. A, I don't. Give yeah, a, <laughs> just you name it. You know, I've done it. I'm just. I don't know. It's it's definitely embodied for me to feel or it feels that way to to move while I sing, and that's yeah. been something that does does help me. But I can't wear anything swishy because then you hear. Uh-huh. Sh- so I'm just like, you know. I'm I'm like that that inflatable outside the car uh, the car wash you know the like yeah <laughs> the balloon man <laughs> I found it really interesting to yeah to approach I mean just like Michael was saying everything is in flow to be the arrow that's being shot you know mm-hmm. just be the thing happening and then I'll get stuck sometimes going am I just letting it happen. Yeah, am I just letting? <laughs> is it happening? But it's I'm, happening. But I'm, I feel it. Putting oh, it through wait. my vocal cords. But like, what should I feel? What is the air yeah. <laughs> not being shot feel like? And then I'm like, ah, my god, totally. But I have, I also have this really weird thing that happens that I didn't know happened until I was recording my audiobook. My ear pops. Something in my ear will pop when I'm talking or singing, and so. I have to do it like when I'm recording, I have to do it a certain way or you can hear that pop. <gasps> so I'm like, what are you supposed to do when you're a person like that? And you have to hold yourself. A right. Way. How a way. wild. Oh, kind of weird, but. Whoa, I've never heard of that one. Isn't that strange? You get you get a pass then. Thank you. You don't have to be the arrow. I don't have to be the arrow. Thank you. No, you can just think about Thank it. God. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Look at it that way. It's like, oh. I can't do the homework. I can't. Oh, I, I can't do it that way. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so a few minutes left here. What do I want to know? Okay. Let's see, I wonder if we could talk for a couple minutes about the conundrum of being a non-ism band mm-hmm. um after having been an ism band an ism band mm-hmm. i like ism band that's great yeah <laughs> um we obviously if anyone listening to this that knows anything about both of us or all three of us will know that all of us are at least in our own lanes having pretty similar experiences of of having once made christian music or music for church music for christians um, once having held Christian beliefs, now having expanded to hold the loss of belief and embrace that. Um, making music from that space is already different. So if you're, um, yeah, the, the language is changing. The concepts are evolving and changing. And so people who have had a relationship with a song in your past may not speak this language or understand what this is or feel the same connection to it. Let's just put it that way for whatever morally mm-hmm. neutral reason. Um, yeah. I'm curious about how, how, how has that felt? Is it, is it as angst creating for you at times as it is for me or as it has been? Cause I know for me, mm-hmm. I want to be so like, I surrender, you know, and then I am. And then I sort of have these moments where I'm like, Oh no, like, what am I going to do? You know, how am I going to do this? And yeah. So how much, how am I going to do this? Have you, have you all felt (laughs) about this? I mean, it's kind of the reason we stopped Gunger, to be honest with you. Like, uh, 
a few years ago when we stopped, it was because of this. It was like, how do we, if it's almost like you, if everything we put out, Spotify put a filter over it that like changed all the words or something. It's like, well, what are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to do? Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. Um, this record and us wanting to do it again under Gunger is an attempt to be a little more Zen with it of like, can we flow with it? We're in a context. Yeah. So can we flow with the, with the fact that a lot of people are going to hear this as Christian or some people are going to hear it as anti-Christian. And really to me, isn't that amazing that you wrote something that could be viewed either way. Yeah. And yeah. pretty amazing. And to me, it's not either of those things. Right. But for them, it is. <laughs> so it's amazing. It's kind of an achievement, I have to say. <laughs> I'm glad you see I don't it think that I, way. I do. I don't think I've ever heard anything quite like that before. <laughs> so it is funny. Specs. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Um, <laughs> but I think what's you what's what we're trying to flow with is like there is an aspect of it that feels you mentioned earlier that feels almost like worship mm-hmm. and that's intentional like that, that we're we were kind of like looking what was the feeling in worship that we liked yeah yeah and c- can you get that feeling without needing a bunch of dogma or without needing a bunch of blood and all that stuff um i need a bunch of blood <laughs> Where's the blood? You just need a little. Uh, you don't need a bunch. Can we get some blood on these songs? <laughs> um, a cup of blood, please. <laughs> two cups. Two and a half cups of blood. Two anyway. and a half cups of blood. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the fear. <laughs> oh. uh, so I, but I think like the flow of um, like what's what's actually universal to us is life so it's called love song to life and it's like christians good what what's wrong what it's not, i don't think this is an offensive record like to me my mantra through making it was i'm going to allow myself to enjoy making a record that other people enjoy i don't have to push anybody away with this one there's nothing to like uh, if they if they enjoy it, that's okay, and I'll actually enjoy that they enjoy it. I'm gonna allow myself to enjoy that. Um, so I, I love that. That is my hope with this one that it's like that Christians could get something out of it. Um, oh, but, I think they could, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah. also, but it's not just for Christians. That's for it's for life. Thank you so much for listening. I had an amazing time talking with Michael and Lisa about all the spirituality and thoughtfulness and ass claps that went into this amazing collection of music. The streams everywhere, November 11th. Listen now. <laughs>